Hi, I'm Noah Trainer. And I'm Luke Lagerman. And this is TNL Takes. Welcome to the second episode of TNL Takes. The first episode we talked about the Nationals winning the World Series. That was over a month ago now. It's been a little while because we've actually been kind of, that was kind of a pilot episode, but we're kind of rethinking what we're doing here now uh, with TNL Takes. Uh, It was originally called Trainers Takes, but now Luke is going to be my permanent co-host, hence the change to TNL Takes. And we're going to get new graphics and everything. And today we're going to be reviewing the 1983 film directed by Bob Clark, A Christmas Story, one of my favorites. Luke has some interesting takes on it. He just watched it for the first time last week. And this podcast from now on is going to be a lot more pop culture focused. Uh, We're not really going to be doing sports anymore. Maybe occasionally if there's something we really want to talk about. But to kind of streamline things, this is going to be mainly pop culture. So we're going to be talking about movies, TV shows, video games, music, stuff like that. Later in the show, we have an interview with our friends uh, who have their own band called Spam Ads. They're from our hometown. Uh, that's an interview with John Madden and Maxwell Hayes. And we're going to you're gonna get to listen to some of their new music that's coming out soon, too. Uh, so first, though, let's talk about A Christmas Story with, uh, with Luke. The interview later will only be me and the band uh, that was recorded uh, separately from this part of the episode um, about a week ago. So, Luke, what are your initial impressions about A Christmas Story? I do not understand the hype. What, 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 what don't you understand? I don't know. It just seems like everyone thinks it's going to... It seems like people think it's the greatest thing ever, or the greatest movie ever, and I, I, just, I just don't see it. So you had never watched it before, right? Or at least not all the way through? I'd seen bits and pieces of it um, multiple times. My family or different people in my family would have it on during Christmas time, so I'd catch a little bit of it. Um, but me and my immediate family were never fans. Um, so may- maybe that has something to, to do with it also. But uh, <clears throat> but again, I just was not a, not impressed. What specifically, if you had to like say one thing, what would it be that you don't like about it? Um, I just would say it's kind of mediocre. It seems like, not that it's a movie about nothing, but it just seems like pointless, kind of. Pointless, really? Interesting. Yes. What do you think about Ralphie, the main character? Do you like him? Um, I think he's alright. I think he's an okay uh, main main character, not the most likable, but I don't, I, I, I don't hate him. Um, but his little brother, I cannot stand. <laughs> the little brother, dude. The oh, I can't stand him. <laughs> when I was younger, the little brother would remind me of my little brother. Honestly, I, I love it when uh, they're sitting in like the foyer and the mom's wrapping him up for for school, and uh, he his like arms get like locked into like the straight position like he's almost like he's t-posing you know you know what i mean <laughs> and <laughs> and he can't put his arms down he's like mom i can't put my arms down because she's dressing him up in so much stuff i mean that's just like one of my favorite moments from the movie but re- real quick um kind of the the background like obviously everybody most people have probably seen this movie it's got the leg lamp uh the the dogs all these pretty iconic Christmas things now but it's really one of my favorite movies for Christmas time because it it really gets what Christmas is to kids I feel like where now like when you're old when you're a little bit older when you're getting to be like a teenager going into adulthood like we are like Christmas is kind of loses just a little bit of the like the luster that it has when you're a kid you know you, you, you still get like some presents and stuff but like it's not like this magical thing anymore like you get the christmas music and like the holiday spirit and everything but you know you're not nearly as invested as you are when you're a little kid and the fact that for an entire month of this kid's life all he could think about was a red rider bb gun 
I mean, that that's just, like, perfect, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess it's relatable to when maybe when I was a little younger, it might have been a little more relatable um, in, in, in that sense. I remember Christmas by far is my favorite time of year, and the months of, of December would always go by so slow. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I can remember as, as a kid. I remember uh, we used to go to a, con- a congregational church, and we had the ad- we had the Advent candles, and I feel like it would take forever just to get to that last candle. And uh, I remember just being so excited. And that's you're right; it's just definitely not there anymore. So I guess I can see the appeal that way. And maybe if I was a little younger and I saw this movie, that maybe I would be able to relate to it a little more. Yeah, I think but, one of the things that helps you really like get the what Ralphie is thinking all the time is the voiceover. And I think the choice to have the voiceover be done by like an older guy I, I'm not sorry I'm not exactly sure who does the voiceover but having like an older person do the voiceover is perfect because like it makes it so it's not annoying to me if it was the kid doing the voiceover the whole movie I feel like this you wouldn't be able to stay in this movie it would just it would ruin the whole thing and it's also like it introduces a little bit of irony is like you're hearing all these like thoughts that are clearly of a kid from this like deep voice this deep booming voice and it just it's perfect like when he i i think one good example of like of this what i'm talking about the looking through the eyes of a kid is whenever he has those like dream sequences you know when the robbers come to up to the house uh and he uses the the toy gun to like fight them off in his dreams or whatever like that's like how like kids think they're like, oh, man, this is going to be so awesome. Like, this stuff is so real. Uh, not necessarily that they think it's real, but, like, this is just how they view the world. Like, everything's larger than life. And when he thinks that his essay is going to be so good that he's going to get an A and the teacher's going to, like, celebrate him and he's just daydreaming about that, like, obviously that's not going to happen. But, like, those are kind of, like, the moments that, like, kids, like, think about and look forward to. And, and such as they get then – then get introduced to the world of disappointment but you know <laughs> that's yeah. that's all for growing up so maybe now that you bring the, those points up maybe uh m- maybe i'm just a cynical bastard i don't, I don't know <laughs> i i feel like this movie is kind of cynical too though and a little bit about christmas maybe not entirely but yes i just feel like i don't know i'm just kind of like it's kind of odd at parts just i mean with its little scenes that I guess uh, to sound like charming, I just found them a little bit odd. And also the voiceover I wasn't a fan of. I'm just not a fan of voiceovers in general. But so maybe that's why. But I just found like a lot of maybe oddities about this movie that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, this voiceover is no like, it's no Goodfellas voiceover. But no, 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 no. But, but I do like it. Uh, I really like the parents too. The guy that plays the dad is really good. And basically every single scene with him is hilarious. So let's talk about this leg scene. I'm, I'm kind of, because before this movie, like, that's the only thing that I really knew was about the BB gun and the uh, leg thing. And when the leg thing came up, I was so confused. I was like, what, what is going on? It was, uh, I don't know. It was just. Uh, I've won a major award. <laughs> Honey, what is it? Well, it's a, it's a major award. <laughs> The, the best line in the movie is when he gets the box and he goes, Fragile. It must be Italian. I mean, everybody knows what that is, but it's it still cracks me up to this day. Like, it's such a good line. It's like, honey, it says fragile. He's like, oh. <laughs> and the fact that, like, he the build-up to it, too, is, like, throughout the whole movie, he talks about this, like, thing that he's won, but he has no idea what it is. He's like, maybe they're going to put in a bowling alley and... and you know, he gets all these crazy ideas in his head. And then him trying to rationalize that this stupid, cheap plastic leg lamp was, like, worth it or not a disappointment is hilarious. Because, like, you can tell on the inside, just just a little bit, he's like, really? But. Yeah, I think it's more, it becomes more about trying to, trying to prove to his wife that, that he's, uh, like, some important. Something yeah, that he's yeah, important. important. And. Yeah. Do you think she knocked it over on purpose? 
yeah, I think so. Yeah. I guess that's the the world will never know, but uh, I hundred percent think she knocked it over on purpose. There's a yeah. There's no way she didn't. I'd I'd say if you have to pick like one scene that is the best in the movie, I'd probably pick that one. I think the the tongue on the ice pole. The, sorry, the tongue on the pole uh, getting stuck to the ice is pretty good too. Like the way, again, going back to this idea, which I think is the central point of this movie and is like the biggest selling point of it is the thinking like a kid. The tongue like on the ice, like the, the way it switches between the characters, the camera switches between the characters and it slowly escalates with like the, the dares and stuff like that. Like that's exactly what's like what's going through their minds at that time. It's exactly what's going through their minds. Yeah. See, if I had to pick a scene apart from the movie, I think that would be my favorite. Um, I just thought it was kind of funny how they had the fire department come. It's <laughs> <laughs> just that was that was one part that made me uh, laugh laugh a little bit. I always thought about it. Like, couldn't they just like take a bucket of like warm water and would that fix it? Or no. Yeah, I don't really know how that works, so I'm not really sure because I've, I've never tried it. But I, it seems like you see it in movies a lot. I wonder if there's a MythBusters episode on this. I'm sure there's something. Yeah, there there has to be because especially with the MythBusters uh, Christmas specials, <laughs> there has to be something. We have to do some fact checking on that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll have to get back to you guys on that one. Uh, another honorable mention for best scene, I would say, is a. Uh, when he climbs up to the top of the mountain, of the Santa's mountain, and he like just gets shell shocked like every other kid is, and I think that again another great moment is that kids think they're smart in their head, and then when they actually have to say something out loud, they don't know how to say it and are just dumb. But yeah. uh, he goes, he doesn't have anything, and Santa's just like, "Do you want a football?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then as soon as he gets down, he's like, "A football?" He's like, "What the fuck?" He's like. What am I thinking? A stupid football? And he uh, stops himself, and that's pretty good. And, like, the way, like, the elves are shot to be, like, super menacing and stuff like that, too. Like, obviously, they're not that menacing, but. Yeah. Yeah, that, that reminded me of uh, Home Alone a, a little bit when uh, when, uh, he, when he went to go see Santa Claus, and uh, he, <laughs> Santa Claus, I think, had his beard off, and he's, I believe he's smoking. <laughs> so that remind me of a little bit of that scene there. Yeah, the Santa like turns to one of the elves and goes like, <laughs> "I'm not working past nine or whatever." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the the line is still all the way to like the jewelry department across the yeah Macy's or whatever it is. Uh, another honorable mention. This is third honorable mention for best scene. Uh, the second to last scene I think it is when they go to eat in the Chinese restaurant. And they have the duck, and the the uh, the employees are trying to say deck the halls. And this joke would I don't <laughs> I don't know if it would fly today, but they keep singing. No, not, not, not at all. Like when, when I first saw that, I was pretty surprised because you, you don't see that you don't see that uh, nowadays. They they sure. they keep singing fa ra 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 instead of fa la 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 la, and. Yeah, that was that was a uh, tough to stomach with perspective, but uh, still very funny, even if it's not necessarily correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they chop off the head, and that and the mom's reaction is great too. Uh, yeah. Another little moment that I love is when the mom tries to put the soap in her mouth after she washes out his mouth for dropping the f bomb. And he's like, only I didn't say fudge. It's like, yeah, we we got that. Uh, also, they got really upset about those screws. He got really upset about those screws. Like, you could have just, like, found them. It's not like they were going to fucking disappear. No, yeah, I think that's more just uh, how they wanted to just shoot the movie and kind of keep the goofy theme and... Yeah, that, I guess it does stick with the theme of, like, looking through a kid's perspective. Yeah. Uh, if your aunt got you a big pink 
bunny costume for Christmas, would you wear it? No shot. No shot? Not even no for, shot. like, for Halloween as a meme or something? No, I remember when I was a kid, my, I was opening presents, and my aunt got me a jean jacket, and I was like, <laughs> and I say, I don't know, I had to be eight or nine, maybe a little, young, maybe a little bit younger, and I remember, uh, I was like, a jean jacket? And then just a look on her face, she looked so disappointed. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad to, to say about it, but uh, so I'd imagine if I was his age, I would have not done what he did and uh, did did what I did pre previously. But yeah, to, to this to this day, I still feel bad about that. Just a look on her face, it was like I crushed her. But, uh, that was pretty funny. I think one year somebody bought me like a Minecraft t-shirt or something for Christmas. And I was just like, it was like when you're a kid and you try to say thank you genuinely, even though you don't like the gift. And it's like a thank you. Like you're not enthusiastic at all. Yeah. And all the adults know you don't like it, but you're like trying to be nice. So your parents look good. I don't remember who gave that to me, but I just remember one year I got some kind of video game t-shirt, and I was like, I like this video game, but I'm not going to wear a shirt about it, you know? It's kind of funny how, that, how that's like an acquired skill, and now it's just like second nature just to like, I don't want to say flip out, but to be very ecstatic about anything that anyone gives you. Yeah, it's like you have to nowadays. I guess you've always had to. It's just called being polite, but uh, it really is an art in itself of trying to make people think that you like what they buy you. <laughs> yeah. And now everybody who listens to this is going to be like, you guys are so rude. Just be happy <laughs> that people buy you shit, which is very true. We, we are thankful. Yeah, well, I mean, that doesn't happen much anymore. <laughs> true. So. All right, least favorite scene from this movie hmm, least favorite scene um I had a lot of least favorite scenes <laughs> <laughs> um let me think you you go first and then I will go okay I'd have to say when he shoots his eye out it's it's predictable and there's no way that the mom bought the ice would have bought the ice school story yeah that's very true like, the whole movie, everybody, including her, is warning, you'll shoot your eye out, you'll shoot your eye out. He literally shoots his eye out, and everybody just believes that it's a freaking icicle. Now, maybe maybe the mom was just, like, being nice and was, like, didn't want to say I told you so. But uh, I just feel like there's no way that she bought the the icicle excuse. Yeah. Okay. I, I got mine. I think it was the uh, Santa Claus one. So just it was just so annoying that he like had it in his head the entire time, and then he just couldn't say it. I don't know. I just I just find scenes like that annoying. Plus on top of that, like the, like the screaming of his little brother, who I just couldn't stand. Oh okay yeah. Time. Oh man, the little brother does need to chill on the screaming. He's it just kind of like annoying. Wah! Like the entire. The entire time you can hear it in the background, even when he's not on camera. Even when he's not on camera, you can hear his whining. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I just can't stand that in like in re in in general, and I <laughs> can't stand it in movies more. Um, it was like being on a plane it, next to that kid. No, yeah, exactly. I think it's just that the fact that he was screaming, and then the fact that Ralphie couldn't couldn't remember what he wanted. Uh, I just I just found those kind of annoying. Well, he does. He does remember what he wants when he's yeah, on the I, slide. Yeah, I, I know. But I, like, and then Santa like, kicks him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just like when he's on his lap. I just how he kind of freezes up. Um, Santa with the uh, I just it with the finisher. Yeah, his signature move: kicking children in the face. <laughs> I really like that no. this movie is like a period piece too, kind of. Like it takes place in the forties. You got like all the old cars and stuff like that. Uh, another another good touch I just wanted to mention. Trans yeah, that does have a little bit of charm to it. 
Yeah. Um, Where would you put this on your, like, would you have this in your top ten Christmas movies? No, I don't think I'd ever watch it again, William. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but there just wasn't any appeal to it, because I just found a lot of the scenes annoying, and the humor was a little bit too slapstick for me, um, to, to a point, a little, a little too cheesy. Uh, like I, all I the just, like I, all I, the dogs eating his turkey. <laughs> yeah, and just like and like you said before, like how you found the fridgey like funny. Like I just felt like what? <laughs> like, it's like you but that's why it's funny because that was that's my reaction too. Is what? I know, but like I don't know. It was just it just, just kind of too dumb. Yeah. I, like consistently but I, I get how people think it's cute and stuff like that but just for for me personally I just thought it was a little too dumb and maybe tried a little bit too hard at times to be to, to be funny not not saying that people can't enjoy it I mean, there's plenty of people who do love love the movie but uh, I just don't think that I would ever watch it again I mean I maybe if like someone says hey let's watch whatever yeah it's fine but I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it so I mean it wasn't horrible it wasn't the worst movie I'd ever seen in my life it was just okay alright I would say that I'd put it in my like if you want to say like a Mount Rushmore or like a Hall of Fame of Christmas movies it's on there I'd say a Christmas story Die Hard if you want to count it as a Christmas movie that's a whole other debate for another day what what do you think, really quick? Die Hard a Christmas movie or no? I actually have not seen Die Hard yet, so uh, for our next podcast review, uh, we'll definitely have to do Die Hard, and uh, then we can have that discussion there. Uh, Die Hard, It's a Wonderful Life, and probably Christmas Vacation. Probably my top four. Gotcha. All right. I'll give you my top. Um, Polar Express. Good um, one. Just missed the cut for me. Yeah, I love that movie. I uh, really do. I think that's probably my favorite Christmas movie. Even though the faces are really creepy. Yeah, the faces are really weird. They are. But I don't know. It's just a. I think I think it's just a good wholesome story. Yeah. And I just. It captures just, the magic of Christmas really well. No, yeah, that's that's one thing. It's yeah, I, I really like that about it. Um, so that's probably my favorite. I think uh, National Lampoon definitely is like a comedy. For Christmas, that that one's a great one. It's an all-time classic. Um, let me think what else I think those kind of for now I think uh, those are the two that kind of stand out to me yeah Polar Express and uh, National Lampoon oh and uh, of course Home Alone almost forgot Home Alone um, just missed the cut I've, for me I've, too yeah I've, I've always been a big fan of uh Home Alone and uh, those movies. So. It, it's great that I, I like to I like to think that um, my head canon, like what's true in my head, is that Joe Pesci is actually playing the same character in Home Alone as in Goodfellas, and robbing that house is just one of uh, Tommy from Goodfellas <laughs> jobs, and he just he just can't get it done. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would sure hope not. <laughs> Yeah, geez, you're gonna you're gonna ruin the, the movie for me now. You're gonna ruin Goodfellas and Home Alone now. But I, I'd say probably those three. Uh, yeah. Home Alone, um, National Lampoon, and Polar Express. Those are probably my top three. Um, I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting. But uh, we will definitely talk about more in the upcoming weeks as we get closer and closer to Christmas. Christmas time is here. Charlie Brown. What do you think about Charlie Brown Christmas? Classic. I love the Absolute classic. the uh, version of uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing at the end of it. It's so good. And they're all just like, like it's chills, bro. Chills every time. <laughs> all right, really quick to wrap up a Christmas story. Uh, we got a couple more things to hit before we get into the interview with spam ads. What's your favorite character from the movie? You had to pick, even though you weren't a huge yeah, fan. Character. Um, I guess the main character, Ralphie, just because 
leaving a lot of the scenes and yeah just because i guess he was the most memorable because he's the main character remember to drink your oval tea <laughs> what about you all right i would have to say probably the dad there's like a really good moment with him towards the end of the movie when like when he when ralphie opens up the bb gun and like the dad is just like so happy he's like you know i had one when i was a kid and like i feel like the whole movie he's portrayed he's portrayed as this you know cold hearted guy that was like kind of distant from the rest of the family he's just like going about minding his own business he's wrapped up in a freaking lingerie lamp like but that moment that he has at the end with ralphie on christmas morning is is really good and then, yeah. you know, he doesn't get too mad about the turkey, and he just says, we're going out to eat. And, like, he kind of has a, a change of heart at the end of the movie, even though that was probably in his heart the whole time. So he ends up being a pretty good guy in the end. And I appreciate that. He's got the dramatic scenes. He's got the comedic scenes. He's got the whole package. Uh, out of five stars, what would you rate a Christmas story? Uh, I'd give it a two. A two out of five? Two out of five, yes. So if you follow me on letterbox.com, which is where I post my movie reviews, uh, NB Trainer uh, on there, N-B-T-R-A-I-N-O-R, you can see my movie reviews. I, on my Letterbox account, in my best Christmas movies, I rated this number one on that list, and I gave it a five out of five full stars. Not because it's like the most well-made film ever made, but I think it's uh, really good at just portraying the mind of a kid and at the same time providing a little bit of Christmas magic so it's up there with my favorite kids movies of all time too with The Sandlot which is my top four favorite movies of all time uh, just really really magical stuff and nostalgic stuff even though we weren't even alive when this came out <laughs> Yeah, uh, it does have that weird kind of child nostalgia yeah, I, I think so. It's actually, like, <clears throat> fit every kind of kid who grew up in, like, a, I guess, a suburban or uh, kind of household like that uh, can kind of relate. I think especially you with just, like, you having a brother and stuff. I don't know. I'm an only child, so I can't relate as much. Yeah. But uh, I definitely can see how it can be relatable and kind of hit home a little bit. Well, in the meantime, we're going to try not to shoot our eyes out and have a Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, now we're going to switch to the interview with Spamad. So thank you for listening. More movie revisits, specifically Christmas, uh, coming in the next couple weeks and over the holiday break, probably leading into the beginning of January. And then we'll see where, where we go from there, what kind of topics we want to cover, Maybe new movie releases, maybe new TV shows, old stuff too. It's all going to be mixed together. We'll talk about our favorite releases whenever they come out, and we'll see you guys later. Bye. I'm talking with my friends at Spam Ads, uh, Maxwell Hayes and John Madden. They're two friends of mine that I've known for pretty much almost my entire life. And in recent years, they've started making music, uh, lo-fi hip-hop in particular. And today we're just going to talk to them about some of their creative influences, how they got started, maybe hear a couple samples of their songs, and just kind of have a conversation with them, see what's up. It should be fun. Um, not really sure how long this one's going to be, but it should be good. And remember to follow the show on Instagram, at uh, Trainers Talks. I'll be posting every time there's a new episode, and follow the show on iTunes and rate it and review it. Thanks, and let's get started. Yeah. We out here vibing. Hello. All right, so introduce yourselves. Uh, I was going to say something funny, but I just changed my mind. I'm John Madden. Uh, I don't know. I like. I don't know how to do this shit. Max? Hi, I'm Max. I'm the producer for... Hey, Sam I Madden produce, bro. No, you just don't. There's no songs on SoundCloud except for maybe, like, Cooking for Myself that you have produced. Okay, bitch. This is... John is our singer. And I tried to produce. This I tried is, to this produce. is like this is like almost famous. I'm like the little, little kid like documenting the tensions within <laughs> the band already. <laughs> yeah, John John mainly I, sings. Bro, I laid down the drums. 
I programmed the drums. It's true. He's been, he's been known to use the drums. Killing me drums. Sorry. What? Hmm? The drums aren't killing me. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Them, them hi hats. Yeah. It's your boy. So, anyways, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. So you can follow spam ads on Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, are you guys on any other platforms? Yeah, Apple Music, Title, any streaming platform. We're probably there. So. So yeah, go follow them. Uh, they've been uploading music for a couple years now. Yeah. And uh, let's start there. How'd you guys get started making music together? Oh, yeah, that's me. Uh, pretty much just started with me, like, I, I took piano lessons when I was young, and then after I left my piano teacher uh, five years, I picked up an electric keyboard, which I realized that I could plug into my computer, and used this software called GarageBand, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, and I just sort of, like, you know, played the stock sounds, made my own little songs. I have... A YouTube page that may or may not have one very, very early <laughs> song that I'm not going to name here. Awesome. No, it's really not. Um, but in any case, John got interested. Oh, I, 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 I can explain myself. I, well, I, you know, I'd like to talk about the music tech class that we did. Well, I, I, well, I have like a little backstory. So I, I, I never took any music classes. I never sang as a child. The first time I was introduced to music was Monster Cat from Noah. Um, that was the first time you're introduced to music. <laughs> well, actually, like other than like, yeah, first time I, I never, I never heard, heard a song. Anything, no, I will like. Um, I forgot that I used to listen to Monster Cat. Yeah, man, that's like a seventh grade throwback. Oh yeah, well that was like the, that was the first music I was like into, um, like seriously. Um, yeah, I know it's cringy as hell. Um, but so after hearing that, I was like, oh, I like I kind of want to try that, but I never really got around to it till sophomore year when Max and I took the music tech class, so. Just some clarification. He's talking about, like, the monster, you're talking about the Monster Cat music that we would, like, put in the background of, like, our Minecraft YouTube videos. Yeah, I was like, If you want to know the origin story for this podcast, I used to do videos on YouTube and stream and stuff like that for video games, and that's kind of how I got, like, my first influence of making content. That song that I uploaded on my YouTube channel is on one of your Minecraft Wait, videos. it is! That's right, it's the, it was the intro! <laughs> None of those are public, but they're still there. They're just private. Uh, I think they're un unlisted, so technically if you got the link, you can still watch them, but maybe I'll do that in, like a, in a bonus episode someday. Um, but you also had a, a channel before that one that had like, or is it the same channel where you had like all the, it's you played totally the piano? the same channel. Where I played, what I Land on piano, the Minecraft parody. Like, you played it, Helena Beat by Foster the People. Yeah, I remember that. Legendary. That actually. one was good. It was amazing. I had so many views. I mean, for like a 12-year-old that's uploading on YouTube, at least over a thousand views is like shocking. Yeah, that one had a lot of. I rem I remember because like whenever would like people would come over to your house, like people would be like, Max, play the piano. Max, play the piano. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I still, people still like, do that. Yeah, I know. Fair. It's true. <laughs> but hey, use the skill. When you got the talent, show yeah. it off, right? I'll just beatbox for everyone. Should we mention Anime Band, too? Anime Band? Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I, back in high school, uh, actually, this was like last year, because it was the first year that Anime Band actually was able to perform a real song at the... Dude, that was crazy. Was it the talent show, or was it the senior showcase? It was the, it was the talent show. You, yeah. you did a Cruel Angels thesis. Yeah, we I was did. mosh pitting in my seat. It was crazy. We just had, like, it was a student-led band, so we had no real chaperone. We had, like, somebody who was supposed to be there, but he never actually showed up. Um, so it was led by this guy, Bartosh, and... We just had like five of us playing instruments. I don't know. That really, that really doesn't tie in too much to our <laughs> music production career, you know. Yeah. Were did you play piano in the same band in middle school where I played the saxophone, John? I don't remember if you played an instrument in middle school. But <laughs> no, I played the I sax did. for a couple years. Did you? Were I, you part I, of that band? <laughs> I, I was forget. part of that band. I played uh, percussion. Oh, that's Happy. right. You and Jacob played drums, right? Our well, friend Jacob. <laughs> Jacob did drums, yeah. and like I was really bad at it, so I was the uh, person who would like, like strum the wind chime sort of thing, and like hit the big drum once every song or whatever, um, or do like little hand cymbals or bells. I didn't actually play the piano, but yeah. yes, I was in that band. 
So the it was like junior year of high school that like you guys really started to get going with music or was I it think it was uh, the summer of sophomore year. Okay. Because I remember um, like I made like a really crappy beat on GarageBand. And I like showed it to Max, and Max was like, "Oh wait, this is actually like kind of good." So we're like, "Okay, let's just make like a little EP." And I think that was uh, Constellations when we went under the name Ambivalence. So it was like a bunch of I like, remember that. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was like a bunch of like organ-based instrumentals, which is so weird. Um, and obviously, no one really gave a shit because who who in their right mind wants to listen to like organ beats? You know, I, I wouldn't. So, um, not that bad. Well, like, like, like. I mean, I think they're good, but like, I don't think like we could appreciate them. But like, I, I feel like the average person would not be like, can listen to over and over again. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no like replay value. But then gotta um, get that organ beats radio edit. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, God, and then, uh, I recorded the song "Far Away," which is so bad. Bro, that's, that song is trash. Um, and I sent it to Max, and then Max was like, "Hey, this is good." <laughs> so, I love that song. I don't know. Nah. Far Obviously, away. like it sounds far away. Bad, mm. like like noise wise, but like. I mean, it wasn't song, bad. The singing, the thing, it was just quiet, you know. Yeah. It was quiet. It was unmixed. It was unmastered. Yeah. Whatever. But is, like, is, is, is that see that's the definition of like lo-fi. It wasn't mixed. It was very, it was, it was very, very DIY. So, but I think that was like, that's how we started. It was just like kind of messing around and seeing what we liked and then just kind of moving forward. What were the first songs that you guys like did under the name Spam Ads? <sighs> I think it was Far Away. No. Wait, what I did, well, it didn't drop on, actually, no. Maybe it was the song with Kyan. Well, that would have been part of the Echo Chamber? No, that was after the Echo Chamber. Um. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh. No, no, I think we ha- I think, mm, yeah, I don't know. Don't know. Yeah, it must have been. Must have been <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a lot. The, pro- the problem is that on, on our SoundCloud, if if anybody that's listening would have seen our SoundCloud before we went and privated all, <laughs> all our old tracks. Yeah, we have like 23 tracks. I yeah, think. so like they're not actually like available for people to listen to on SoundCloud anymore. So really, the first song that we have under our name right now is... Is um the shower song. The warm. Warm, warm yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are like the earliest songs. Uh, they're, like they're kind of bad, so you don't need to listen to them. But listen to Warm. That's a good song. I performed it, so it was it was good. Mm. So I know you guys had this one song, and I forget exactly what it was called, but it was about like flat earthers and stuff like that. And I remember that one was like, that was like a real like okay. st- stylistic like experimental stuff. I really like that. What was that song called again? I don't. Did we ever upload that song? I think it was like oh, Spam Ads Podcast number one. Podcast. Yeah, See, yeah, there yeah. you go. That was our Patreon <laughs> this is, this debut. This is the and Spam Ads Podcast yeah, right now. Yeah, that's true. It was more of a, like a meme song. Like, yeah. Max had like, Max made like this bomb ass instrumental. And I believe Kine was there as well. Yeah. Okay. And I think I was like testing the mic. So Max was like speaking to the mic. And I think that day I watched like 50 Flat Earth videos. So I was just kind of like shitting out the silly like information I got and I was like well Antarctica is the border of the flat earth and uh, you know it's talking about dumb <laughs> stuff like that and then um, Max like put reverb on some parts and made it sound like really dramatic and the instrumental picked up at some points it was really neat you should make more conspiracy theory based <laughs> songs I think John would enjoy that more than he likes mine we I would no I, I, I'll be I'll be you know, I'll keep it real yeah we used to watch those like Illuminati confirmed videos on YouTube. I feel like I, 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 mean, I still do. remember that. John still does. Yeah, I, I watch like, conspiracy videos all the time. I do sort of remember that, but I feel like there's some there's some good inspiration to be had. Do you know the uh, the Denver airport conspiracy theory? No, what is that one? It's like how like in the Denver airport there's all these like murals of 
like really weird imagery mm. that like signals like the apocalypse or like some kind of new world order there's like a big like like nazi like type thing like oh, like on the wall cool. on the wall in, yeah that's not in the neat. denver airport <laughs> yeah and, like it, the airport went like billions of dollars over budget mm. and took way longer and people who work there like on the construction say that there's like a bunch of towers built underneath the airport like in the ground and, huh. and that the new world order is going to use them as like internment camps I mean, that doesn't sound that far from the truth. Well, like, like, well, I've, like, my, my point is with this is you should write a song on it. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I've heard, yeah, that, that's actually really interesting. Um, like, be, just because I've heard, like, crazier things that actually turned out to be true. So I think that's actually, like, really neat. So, like, I, like, I watched this one video and it was like, what's a crazy conspiracy theory that actually is real? And it was like, the CIA, like, Tested LSD on like citizens. Oh, MK Ultra. Yeah, yeah. And That's what like, Stranger Things is based off of. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I didn't know that. That's neat. But yeah, so stuff like that. So I'm just like, you know, like I honestly I believe it because the CIA has done like some fuck shit. So it's like, but yeah. writing a song about it, hell yeah. I mean, I don't know how it would work with the stuff we have nowadays, just because like. If we do pre like so, if we do show a song tonight, it's it's gonna be a lot different than what you might think. <laughs> so just talk going to what you guys do now. In 2019, you released an EP called "Failed to Send," and that's kind of like your. I don't know. I'd say it's our like it. debut. Yeah, that's tape. like your like big debut. Yeah. Talk. You want to talk about some of the songs on that? I I I like it's not an aesthetic personally. I think that's everyone's favorite. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like you want to just like, I so it's not an aesthetic. I so I had a friend, um, he was like pulling some like I'm so depressed. Like, can I get some head to feel better, kind of thing, and I I wasn't like with it because it's just annoying, and I like I started like seeing stuff like that online, like Sad Boy Joe, and then he'd like have like the E Boy get up, being like I'm so sad, ooh woo, and it's just like shut up, <laughs> like like. Because, like, personally, like, I get sad. And I know it's nothing like that. If I, like, when I'm sad, I don't, I don't, like, I'm not, like, all right, I need to post on Instagram. Ooh, ooh. Like, I'm not like that. I lay in bed in the dark. You know what I mean? So, stuff like, I was, like, this is, like, they're just faking it to get girls for clout. Whatever. So, I was, like, I kind of, like, one day, I was, like, I was, like, I was, like, I have enough. I, like, I've had enough. So, I, I, like, I wrote it. And then Max made the... Bomb ass instrumental. Yeah, we actually we went through uh, two different instrumentals mm. for that, as we do with like a lot of our songs yeah. actually. Um, we recorded the same lyrics and sort of the well we a different instrumental, but the lyrics were the same and the flow was like slightly different but almost the same, maybe yeah. like a different key or whatever, slower. And we recorded it all. We sat on it for a few days probably, and then this happens with all of our songs. We just like did it again with the same lyrics and a totally different song and it just turned out awesome. Mm. So that, that's definitely probably our most popular song. Yeah, it actually, um, it got, so I was on this YouTube uh, live stream with this semi-famous uh, YouTuber, his name's Ramzoid, and he was like, send me your music and I'll listen to it on stream. So I sent him like, like I think 20 emails with like each, each um, header was like, was something goofy like this is the greatest song you ever listened to or like <laughs> or like his, his, since his name was Ramzoid I was like Ramzoid I need your opinion and he picked that header <laughs> <laughs> and he was like uh, spam ads it's not an aesthetic and then he listened to it everyone in the chat flamed the lyrics but he was like this is nice I like it and he repo he reposted it on his SoundCloud so we got um, a couple hundred um, listens and followers from that dude that's marketing in this age. True. I know. That's basically what marketing is nowadays. Yeah. That's what like I'm struggling with this podcast. I'm trying <laughs> to like find new and creative ways to promote it because you know everybody's Business got so so much uh, content out there nowadays. Yeah, that it's the, hard to make yourself stand out. The, yeah, the problem nowadays it's like I feel like back in like the '80s or even the '90s, it was like, oh, you're a musician, bro. Like, let me uh, hear your stuff. Nowadays it's like, okay, like fuck off, SoundCloud rapper. Like no, no one wants to, like no one wants to hear another guy like singing about like sadness, 
right? It's so oversaturated. Yeah, we, so I, I feel you. We went to a high school of like 350, and there were about like 20 SoundCloud rappers just to, just in that school. Yeah, so. and, all, that, that, and that's a Catholic school. Imagine a public school. You know what I mean? Everyone's a SoundCloud rapper, <laughs> and everybody's doing a podcast nowadays too. That's that's another tough thing. Early 2000s, if you're doing a podcast, people would be like, "What's a podcast?" And like, yeah, you know. If you were there at the start, like, you'd be super popular now if you kept going with it, because, like, the original is, like, yeah. it's, like, the beginning of, like, YouTube, like, people gaming on YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that. I think, I it's think... right place, right time. I think in order... I mean, I, I wouldn't know, but I think... My theory is in order to become, like, success... Like, have a successful platform, um, you need to, like, start somewhere that's also new. So, like, for example, like, there's this one streaming platform that I'm, like, keeping an eye out for because it looks really good, but it hasn't, like, dropped yet. So once that drops, I'm going to, like, try and hop on it. And since I'm going to be, like, one of the first people on it. What's that called so it, they can see you on it? Well, it's not even out yet, it, uh, but it's called Matter Streaming. Um, and I'm like, all right, if I can get on there first, I'll be, like, one of the first few hundred people on it. So then people will have to see it because there isn't, like, an, like an abundance of people. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I think like, I think that's how you sh how you make it nowadays. Either that, or you you just have to be insanely lucky. So, all right, we're gonna take a quick break, and here is a little clip from the song we just talked about. It's not an aesthetic. Say you wanna die, bitch, I know you really don't Go tell lies just to go get some throat You make up insecurities and wear them like a belt, yeah And wear them like a belt Wish they stopped treating this shit like it's a trend This is the interview with Spam Ads And now, Max, we're sitting in your studio, your guys' studio right now uh, recording this podcast because we are in Connecticut and not Columbia, so I don't have any of my equipment with me because it's Thanksgiving weekend right now. I just came up for a quick break, but explain like a little bit of the process of how you guys started with just like minimal equipment and how you guys were eventually able to develop your own studio and kind of get going, get the infrastructure there to start like making music more Frequently, more like easily, Definitely that kind of more thing. More easily, yeah. So, I mean, the place we're in right now, like this, this spot has evolved over maybe like the past. How long have we been in here? Like, like a year, year and a half. half. Year, year and a half. But I started. I mean, like like I said earlier, I started with just uh, a keyboard with these MIDI ins and outs, which are like some weird cable that you never, ever would know what it what it did if you didn't like research it or whatever and it went to usb and you could plug it into your computer and so i would just be in my basement over in danielson connecticut and i would have just my computer and my keyboard and although the keyboard had its own sounds on it you can actually just sort of use it to control the sounds on your your computer so GarageBand is great for this now you use logic pro x10 whatever which um is just like the upgraded version of GarageBand. Mm. But in any case, yeah, I started in my basement with just that, and then I bought like a $50 microphone, and I didn't really do too much with that, but like a year or so later, when uh, John and I, or John started getting into music, it became like our most useful piece of equipment, and eventually we had to upgrade it. But after working in the basement, we eventually um, moved to my dad's house, so up north a little ways, and that's where we are now. But before we were in this spot, we just had like a bedroom studio and we had some speakers, some headphones, an audio interface, a microphone, and that is like all we really needed to get get out music. And we it was great because it was even like portable and you know, we can move around and everything. But eventually we just decided to bring all that stuff down here to the basement and we've just been sort of expanding ever since. Yeah, it's it's kind of similar to like, I feel like my my brother has like more equipment than like you guys just for like his microphone his, for gaming. His gaming? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. He's got like four sound mixers. Yeah. It's like, what you, the hell? yeah, you like, you don't really like more than you guys like had when you started out. Like you don't really need a lot to like just get going with like music and stuff like that. No, now you guys no, have no. like multiple keyboards and like 
des desktops and stuff like the laptops and stuff like that. I mean, like, it's a real setup now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really nice down here. And it's definitely uh, upgrading our stuff has definitely been sort of uh, a question of like what's going to make music like more enjoyable for us. There's definitely a lot of things that would make our music experience more productive, but we're not doing this as like a job. So I'd rather buy like a fun new synth than like some wires or something that I need. You know, <laughs> like just enter. It's just about it's about having fun. Definitely. Yeah. So this question's for either of you guys. What's some of your biggest musical influences that have really inspired what you do, what comes out in your songs? Uh, I would like to apologize before I start because this is gonna take a long time. So, um, yeah, Max already knows. Sorry, Noah keeps taking my juice uh, from my hands. He keeps shaking it near the microphone. <laughs> yeah. I like holding my juice. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like it's like a safety blanket. But um, my musical influence. So it it's really come from like memes, to be quite honest. Like I started like I it yeah right. It's 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 like weird, but I so I started with like watching Filthy Frank, and he would do like comedy raps and stuff. Um, rap battles of history. No, no not, not those. No, I, not know, that, I know, I know, not those. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm but kidding. like, it was like, like it was meme rap, but it was like genuinely good rap. Like obviously, like Meme Machine and like Gaze for Donald it doesn't age well. <laughs> but like Rice Balls, Fried Rice, like they they go hard. So, so I was like bumping those, and then I found that he had like a real like music persona, which is Joji. So I was like, what? And then that's when I sat, that's when I found the lo-fi sound because he was like one of the, I, I would, I want to say he's a pioneer, but he definitely pushed it to the mainstream. Um, and I started like bumping like songs called like You Suck Charlie, Thom, like stuff like that. So then I followed his Instagram, saw memes, you know, and I, then I found like the South Florida scene, which had like X, Ski, Poya. Denzel, and I found Denzel, that was another rabbit hole, because I found 3-6 Mafia, like Zillikami, um, what else? There's just so much, like, it's just like a rabbit hole, and then, oh yeah, and then I found, now this is a big one, the Sesh Hollow Water Boys, with Bones, Xavier Wolf, Chris Travis, um, and then one other guy, but to be honest, I don't like his music, but so then I found all that, so... I, yeah, Max and Noah are like, John, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but like, there's like, there's a lot. So, so I'd say the main people right now, it like, the, my main influences are Joji, Denzel Curry, Bones, and then Daft Punk. That's kind of a random one. So I didn't really mention that one, but Daft Punk also was a huge influence. But with like Denzel and Bones cloud rap scene, or like the cloud rap aesthetic, um, I sent I sent no I sent you a playlist of like that kind of music. Yeah, the synthwave stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's almost like you could compare it to like synthwave and stuff. Um, but like cloud rap is like really slow, reverby, vintage sounding beats. Um, so it's like it's it's like almost lo-fi, um, in itself. A good example is like Clams Casino's work. Um, he's a great producer. Um, he also pi pioneered uh, the cloud rap scene with Lil B and like other people is like dude It's like it's like an endless rabbit hole But those so those were like my influences like the really like low-key soft relaxing like the vibey music, you know, so that's that's why I liked um, and that's why I still like today uh, <laughs> Yeah, although Denzel Curry isn't like chill he's very aggressive but you know i'd punch someone to denzel curry's music like it goes so hard i can't help it so yeah that's so i'm like I said i'm sorry that was a lot but yeah and if anybody wants to translate that to english please send me an email so that <laughs> okay. i can understand no <laughs> i'm just like kidding. me to elaborate no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding um but yeah you talked about like the the synth wave like stuff and that's like I would say my favorite like mm. part of like your guys' music is like the really like synth when it gets really synth heavy. Yeah, because like it reminds me a little bit of like '80s stuff, but it's also 
yeah. newer hip hop. Like it's a little bit of a blend. Yeah, I think that part comes well. At least for like when I in my own production, like I like I know Max. Like my my what I make and what Max makes is different. Although like obviously we come together and make spam ads, but like I feel like that influence personally comes from like Daft Punk, with like, um, like their albums like Homework, Discovery, even Human After is it Human After All, because those are like really synthy stuff, yeah. um, and they're just like they thump. They thump hard with the synths, so I think that's where that stuff comes from. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely like a, a a stark difference between like the music that or the productions hip hop mostly I, I think that John does on his own time and the stuff that we come together to do in the studio like stuff here that ends up as spam ads music is a lot more sort of like Daft Punk meets like modern R and B sort of style music, especially even like the singing, like you, John, like we don't have a lot of, or any, maybe maybe one song that involves John rapping. So like half of the people you just named are They're all rap you know, hip hop artists. Yeah. But like we don't, we don't really delve too much into the hip hop scene there. Um, it would be awesome, but that's just sort of our, our style yeah. when, when put together. I, just, I, I personally really like the aesthetic of hip-hop not like the supreme clout aesthetic but like more of like the um underground aesthetic because it's just very raw and i feel like there's more like artistically there's more layers to it like even like underground Lil pump like of all people i know like you can like tell that he's just chilling in his homie's crib just like freestyling to like some beat they found on youtube and i think that's like kind of awesome to be quite honest even though Lil pump is like trash nowadays i think <laughs> i think in the in the good old days he was really good even though it was like oh y'all came in with the sauce yeah like it was nice so i like i i personally when i write music and stuff i try to keep it raw if that makes sense you know a little like thing that you mentioned like daft punk for example mm. like you didn't talk about like film scores which like i remember in middle, I went through a huge in middle, stage, in middle yeah. school and high and beginning of high school and i did too it's so like just listening to like film soundtracks. Yeah. Like, I know you are a big fan of the Mad Max Fury Road one. You're yeah. a big fan of Tron Legacy. went hard. Tron Legacy, which is Daft yeah. Punk, and like, like the Dark Knight trilogy, like yeah. Tron Zimmer, like Inception stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think that I remember we always, we always used to have arguments about like, who's better. Inception. Yeah, like Hans Zimmer or John Williams. <laughs> yeah, I still personally think that it's uh, Hans Zimmer, but that's a discussion You're for wrong, another time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that I get now that you bring it up, I, I completely forgot about that. I think that 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 also influences like just like my my solo production because every time I send a beat to a rapper, they're like, "This is awesome." It's way too dramatic though. It's like way too cinematic. I'm like, "Dang it!" Like it, because like people have like I don't want to say they compared it to a score, but they're like, "It's kind of hard to rap over because there's like a lot going on." Yeah. So. I don't know. But yeah, that's that. Yeah, thank you for reminding me of that. That was one thing, too, is like we all took, I took it later than these guys did, but I eventually took the same music tech class in high school that they took. And like, that's like one, one of the tougher things that I ran into is like keeping it like simple, like just having like a melody that somebody can like sing to. It's mm. like that's the hardest part to, to create. And like, yeah, you can just kind of get swept up in like all the other instrumentals and all the other beats and stuff surrounding it but yeah it's like if you want someone to sing over it then you should keep it like fairly simple if you just want to flex your like skills then you can go all out but no one will rap over it but they, like people might listen to it so it's like it really depends on what you're trying to make yeah it's hard though because like a lot of times when you're making a song and you don't have the singer right there with you you True. want the song to sound complete and if you don't have a singer with you, you have to have like something else in there for it to sound complete. But then you take that song that sounds great and all, and you send it to the singer, and they're like, "This song sounds like it's already done. Like, how am I supposed to sing on this?" So, it's definitely it's helpful for me to have John here, and I would imagine that when John is making these beats that he sends to other people that he's talking about, it's difficult mm. trying to make a song that you feel comfortable sending to someone without having a singer there with you. Yeah, when just 
some like little personal experience from my failed and short music production <laughs> stint. Uh, that's like you tried. that was like the <laughs> John, you did try. Uh, that was like the hardest part was making. We had this project where we had to like team up with somebody from a creative writing class, and my friend comes in with like his lyrics, and they're just like, "All right, you have lyrics and you have a melody. Now make a song." And you know, you, <laughs> they're just like, "And you are going to have to sing, or you're going to have to find a singer." And like, I can't sing, and my friend I was partnered with couldn't sing, so we didn't have a singer. So like we were trying to make this song without having like a singer that we could talk to and like hear their voice and like know what we were gonna have in the end. So like just having that and then being like, all right, now we're gonna give somebody to sing at the end. Like it's hard to get those sounds to match because mm -hmm. like somebody's voice can entirely change what kind of like mood or tone you're going for. Yeah. So you guys have new music coming out. I've been seeing John post about it on his Instagram store and stuff like that. Uh, do you have any? sneak preview that you could kind of like talk about what what's next for spam ads what do you guys got in the works and you know if we're lucky maybe a little sample um yeah so we have two two songs that john really likes at least probably probably some other stuff that i would would venture to say is good enough for posting but in any case yeah we have two new songs um definitely scheduled for release one of them is sort of like a like melodic like sad sort of sort of vibe it's like very similar to some of our other music but definitely a step up and then the song that we have almost finished right now um is like a, a super epic sort of like cinematic like r&b sort of thing i think john's vocals definitely took some inspiration from the weekend mm. as far as like oh, our, yeah. our our editing mm. process sort of for his vocals um, so if you're into that kind of music, um, that song's gonna be really awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's gonna be real nice. Uh, <laughs> you should when it drops, bro. You gotta, you need to stream it because I I don't know about Max, but I I need validation. So if no one like streams it, I'm gonna be a little little disappointed, a little little hurt. So. So next, we're going to play a little clip from that, and you guys can follow Spam Ads on SoundCloud, Spotify, Tidal, Apple who Music. Who even uses Tidal, though? Honestly, I've never met anyone who uses Tidal. It's just to listen to Jay-Z. Yeah, really. Some hardcore <laughs> Jay-Z fans. No, man, Tidal's great, I swear. <laughs> it's like, all right, nerd. So. That's what they sound like? I don't know, like... <laughs> <laughs> bro, you actually no. Probably Jay Z fans are probably really cool. I've never actually I've never met like a hardcore Jay Z fan. I've met like big Kanye fans, big Eminem fans. Never a big Jay Z fan though. Big Eminem fans. Yeah, like like the like the the only rap I listen to is Eminem. It's like okay, bro. Do you remember the that movie that we used to watch all the time, The Interview? Yes. Oh, was, oh yeah, with the M and M scene. Yeah, there was this <laughs> there was this movie that we used to watch all the time called The Interview, which was about I'm sure some of you have seen it or heard of it, but like James Franco and Seth Rogen go to North Korea to try to assassinate Kim Jong un and at their like talk show hosts is like their job and they agreed for him he agreed to go on the talk show, so that's how they're gonna try and assassinate him. But the opening scene is like this interview with Eminem and it's just look it up on YouTube I'm not gonna go through the whole thing but it's it's very funny and it's a, not that great of a movie but that opening scene is hilarious but yeah just <laughs> little little side note anyways yep I'm gonna play the clip for their new song one of their new songs and that's just gonna about do it follow the the podcast on Apple Podcasts, rate and review it and follow spam ads on SoundCloud Spotify title on apple music and rate and review their stuff as well have a lovely day so yeah anything you guys want to say to sign off no thank you for having us on have a lovely day
sounds my Yoda impression. I don't know. <laughs> Use the it's force a... to shove carrot up my asshole. <laughs> <laughs>